that tonight? Do you believe that you can receive your healing here tonight? Do you believe that you can receive your freedom here tonight? I believe so. Amen. Let's just go to him in prayer. If you have a need, let's just lift it up to the Lord now. Dear Lord, we thank you for allowing us to be here, gathered here. Lord, we just want to worship you tonight. For Lord, there is none other like you. No one else. And God, I ask you that you'll just help us and lead us and guide us in all things, what we would have to say. Lord, if there be someone here that needs healing tonight, I ask you that you'll just give that to them. If they need freedom, us all, guide us in all things, let our speech be of you, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, good to be here tonight, isn't it, amen, I tell you what a wonderful time in the Lord we had last night with Brother Andrew and, and knowing where we belong, amen, we belong here, don't we? Amen. As, as he said, uh, talking about the headlines in hell, oh, yeah. talking about how that it would be a headline when you make it to church tonight. So, so just for that, beep, 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 hot off the press. You all made it to church? Yeah. Hallelujah. Hot off the press. We all made headlines in hell tonight. Amen. That's great news. That's great news. All kinds of news in the world today, but that's great news. That we made devils hit list. Amen. Amen. You can be CD musicians. It's good to be here tonight. Just thank the Lord for this opportunity that I've been given here. I want to continue remembering Dad and Mom in prayer as they're traveling back this evening from Ohio. God would just protect them, minister to them, Amen. and guide them. Amen. Tonight I want to read Revelations 2, verse 7, and then I want to go over to John 1 and 1. Just say amen when you have it tonight. And he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh, say to him that overcometh. I'm an overcomer. Amen. Will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Amen. I want to be an overcomer and eat of that tree of life. Amen. And 1 John 1 and 1, turn there, says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light... Technology. 
I just jumped all the way down to the bottom. Amen. And the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. That's the blessings on the reading of the word. And the darkness comprehended it not. Amen. Amen. Where there is God's light, there is life. Amen. Amen. I like walking in the light of the word. Amen. Struggling here. Forget it. Amen. So we know that God, in his light, there is life. And there's growth in that life. You know, there's growth in the S-U-N. But there's also growth in the S-O-N. You know, I was thinking on what happens when there's a lack of sun, S-U-N. In nature, in darkness, we take the the deepest in the sea, deep dark in the sea, and and in that sea there's there's creatures that can only live in that darkness. And because of that darkness, they're deformed creatures. You know, and, and then even even outside in the natural, when there's darkness, lack of sun, let's take Alaska. In, in Barrow, Alaska, I've heard there's 67 days of darkness from about November the 18th to January the 23rd. Darkness sets in and, you know, it's kind of like it is now. It's, it's starting to get darker earlier and earlier in the year and, and I think it's next weekend we, we change our, our clocks, you know, so it's going to get darker early, early in the evening and so less time to, to hunt I mean, work, and, and amen. But, but when there's darkness of days for a very long time, darkness there causes confusion. In that area, there is a thing called seasonal affective disorder, which is a type of a depression in that area because of how dark it is for such a length of time. And lack of that sunlight is debilitating and even promotes thoughts of suicide. And many times it's said that that people don't commit suicide throughout that period of time until they realize that spring is beginning to come and they're not prepared for it. And light is starting to creep in. But that's when they're starting to commit suicide. Now, I, I, just, I just pondered at that. Why, now, why is that? The pressures of the light upon them, and they cannot handle that light. It says in Luke 21, 29, it said, Behold the fig tree and all the trees. When they now shoot forth... You see, you know that your, you know your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand. And so likewise, ye when you see the things come to pass 
and know that the kingdom of God is now nigh at hand. It says, Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled, till that last seed comes in. And it says, In heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. We're living in the last days. We're living, living in the Laodicean age. As Brother Andrew was saying last night, we're in that age, but we're not of that age. Amen. Darkness is all around. We're in the, the harvest time, the time of the year of, of fall when, when you see the great combines in the fields and they're starting to gather the crops of the fields and, and even the trees are starting to bring forth a lot more fruit. And, you know, this time of year in nature, there's a thing called leaf peeping season. That is a thing where people will travel throughout the east, east coast up and down towards New England, and, and they will begin to watch trees change and the leaves, leaves of those trees beginning to change. And they will look up on that, and they will spend thousands of of dollars and, and hours, take off from work, and, and they will begin this journey to look at all this nature and what God has created and, and just the paintbrush that he just uses and, and how he can make this tree that was so green and vibrant in the spring, now it's budding forth, or not budding forth, but has red leaves and the dark of the bark is darker. It, and it's just amazing to what God can do through that. And there's so many people that are looking at these things. They'll take pictures and, and they'll have a memory of, of what they've seen. And, and they, will, they worship more the creation more than they do the creator. Amen. Amen. Now, no, I, love, I love trees. I love the wilderness. I love, I love this time of year. It, just like anyone else, the, the changing of that, how beautiful it is. And, and you know that we have many different types of trees. There are oak trees, and, you know, there's a lot of um, maple trees, and just the beauty of those maple trees. And, and you know, they're bringing forth their fruits, and, and their leaves are beautiful, but... There's things that's going on inside of those, those woods. There's, there's branches that are, are dead. There's trees that are dead with inside those woods. And, and in a couple more weeks, all the leaves will be off the trees. And, and it's hard to tell whether that tree has life or whether that tree is hollow and dead. And, and so you won't know that until spring buds forth again. And so we look at that, and, and then this time of year, you can start to see more widowmakers. It, it, how many knows what a widowmaker is? A widowmaker is a branch that has fallen off of a big tree and is hanging on smaller trees or just barely hanging on to the tree itself. And if someone would walk underneath of it and it would, the wind would blow just right and, and fall down upon a man, that's why they call them widowmakers. 
Well, what that widow maker is doing is, and when it's, when it's on top of these little trees, it, it's starting to, to weigh down that tree's growth. And, and even inside of that tree, there's rings inside of that tree that, that tells its, its story of life. And if you would take that tree later down the road and you would cut that tree down, you could see that at one point there was distress on this tree. And, and you see many things like a knot on a, on a tree and, and you wonder, how, now, what made that come out of that? You know, men, men will take spikes and drive them into a tree for, for maybe a marking post or, or something and, and before long that tree will, will overtake and grow around that and, Many, many trees have been markers in life for navigation, for, for roadways and, and how people need to get around. And you take over here on Port Republic Road, or not Port Republic, but over to Weir's Cave, there's a tree called the Stonewall Jackson tree that used to be there. And that used to be the Stonewall Jackson prayer tree. And people would come from all around to look at this tree in all of its glory and and they would take the limbs that would fall off of that tree and they would make pencils out of that. Isn't that correct, Brother Justin? Amen. And they would, you know, sell them at these, this, this come out of the Stonewall Jackson prayer tree. So many times trees have, have represented things in life, boundaries, markers, roadways. And, and we see there's strong trees that's giving life even out to the wilderness, the birds of the air, and you know that there there's spiders and stuff that that will attach to trees back and forth, and and so you know the other day me and Andrew was walking through the woods, and and uh, you know right about August time it seems like every spider makes huge webs, and if you've ever walked through the woods you know what I'm about to say, when you're walking through you're walking like this. Because you do not want that spider web on your face and then trying to find out where that spider has went to. And so me and Andrew was walking through the woods the other day and we was actually going to a hunting spot. And, and I had a rake in my hand and he was just walking on through there and he was fighting the spider webs. And I had the rake and I was just walking with him like it. You know, there ain't, ain't no spider webs getting on me. And, and he turns around, looks, and he goes, here, give me that. Well, I, I guess I better follow him now because now, now he's got it. So, so what I did was he started creating a clear path for me to follow. You know, so, so, so many times in life we'll be walking through the, the natural woods, so to say, and, and there'll be spider webs getting all over us. And we're, but if you have somebody in front of you leading the way, creating a clear path... You don't have to worry about all that. And I thought about that, how that I follow him in natural sense, but I also follow him in a spiritual sense. Amen. And so this, this is a, a, a thing where, where life is produced. And, and so I want to kind of take that tonight, how, how that the trees and the, and the tree of life and the tree of knowledge, two trees, Brother Branham says that there was a, in restoration of the bride tree, two trees. The restoration of the bride tree, but also 
the bridegroom tree. Amen. And that's what we're trying to get back to is him. Amen. And as it said, we, we would eat off of the tree of life to him that overcometh. And so that's what I want to, to be is an overcomer. Amen. And as I was saying that people in this day and age, that they, they worship more the creation more than they do the creator. So if we can turn to Romans 1 verse 21, I'd like to read here where it describes how people's minds begin to turn over once they worship more of their creation. And verse 21, Romans 1, 21 says, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish of heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, became, they became fools. And they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made of corruptible man and the birds and the four-footed beasts and the creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to unclean things. He went ahead and just gave them up to what they was wanting to get to. Said unclean things through the lust of their own hearts desireth their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped the, and served the, create, the creature more than they did the creator, who is blessed forever. Why would you want to worship something other than the creator that is blessed forever? For this God called them, gave them up unto vile affections, for unto the women, their women, did change the natural use into which is against the nature. And likewise, also men leaving natural use of the women burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which was unseemingly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was met. That was fitting for them. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Being filled with unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, Whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to their parents, without understanding, covet breakers, without natural affections, implacable, unmerciful. Knowing who knowing, now they knew, the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death. They knew this. Not only do they do the same, but they have pleasures in them that do it. I don't know about you, but I believe I just read what we was li we're, we're living in. What a dark age that we're living in. Brother Brandon describes it as 
just a little bit of light there. God is that light. It says in Genesis 1 and 3, it says, God said, let there be light. And there was light, and God saw the light, and it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Now what happened here? There was a separation. God had light, and he separated the light from the darkness. Brother Branham says, here is, there's a man that can turn on the light. says in the fourth verse, he separated the light from the darkness. And the light he called day and the darkness he called night. And God's word always separates light from darkness. It's the word that does the separating. I like that. It's that word that does that separating. The light from the darkness. And God ever does the same thing when he gets ready to use anything, like he got ready to use that old star or whatever it was, this world, he had to separate the light from the darkness. When he gets ready to leave, to use a group of people, he has to separate the light from the darkness. I'm that group of people. I'm planning on leaving here. He's going to separate this light from that darkness. Amen? And when he gets ready to use an individual, he separates that light from that darkness. See, that light comes by God. And remember, the light comes by his spoken word, and the word of God said, let there be light. And when there was no light at all, and he sent the light and separated the darkness from the light. God's doing some separating in this time. Sometimes we think, how in the world did we get here? Well, he's starting to do some separating here. We didn't know, uh, it's not anything within us that brought us here. It's like Brother Andrew was saying last night, nobody, he never called nobody up and said, get here. The Lord is drawing us. That light drawing us. Amen. For God is light. In 1 John 1 and 5, it says, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Amen. You take a light, and you shine it in darkness. You look at this light. All around it may be darkness. All the way around there. But there is no darkness at all inside of that light. You cannot find no darkness in that light. God is that light. In him is no darkness. And if we say we have fellowship with him, but walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light and have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all our sins. And if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. See, there's still darkness inside of their if we're doing that. In him is life. And the life was the light of men. We're growing. Something's drawing us. Those trees. What do they do? They stretch forth towards the sun. They, now you can take a tree. And as a little sapling. You can take that little sapling. And you can put little, little ropes on it. And you can try to pull it this way. And say, now tree, you're going to grow this way 
because I want you to shade my house that is over here. And so I'm going to pull you this way. And so you'll take ropes and you'll start fastening it down and you'll drive stakes in the ground. And, and you say, well, this is the way I want this tree to lean because it has a, a good look to it. You know, it might be one of those Asian trees where it has like twists and turns all the way around. And so you keep, keep pulling it, pulling it. But what happens? That tree will still branch forth towards the sun. And it still starts to grow and says, this is where I'm receiving my life. My life is over here. You want to take me there, but my life is here. Right here is my lifeline. Why do you want to draw me there? That's the same thing that the devil will do. He'll try to pull you over here with its ropes and its dogmas and its denominations and say, this is what I want you to believe. But you say, no, this is life. Oh, I want life. So the devil will do those kind of things to, to stop you. And if he can't put a hold on you, or a rope on you, he'll send in bugs, little insects. In Joel, it talks about the pommel worm, the canker worm, the locust, and the caterpillar. And what do these things do? The pommel worm. The pommel worm begins to take off the fruits. Brother Branham describes it as this, the fruits of the vine, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, God, God, goodness, meekness, faith, patience, and the Holy Ghost. That pommel worm will, will come in. That, that little insect will start to eat the fruits off of, off of that tree. But it has four stages. That palmer worm will eat that brotherly love. It'll come in and say, now there's something wrong. So-and-so's saying something about you over here. And that'll start to begin separation. It'll, it'll create a lack of faith in the word. It'll take the joy of your salvation, that pommel worm. It'll eat those fruits just as we had the service the other night where each of us had went into our home and saying, I'm going to let joy in. The devil don't like that. The devil likes to send in little bugs that like to just, just nibble away and eat away just little, little by little. So it'll take the joy of your salvation. It'll take your peace of mind knowing that you're saved. It'll do all these little things Creating a way for the next cycle. What's the next cycle? Is the locust. The locust that comes in. It eats the leaves. Many times you'll see in the spring there'll be a tree that, that you go, well, what in the world got on this thing? It was a vibrant tree there for a little while. Well, this locust began to eat the leaves thereof. What is those leaves? They, those leaves... Those are divine fellowship. Brother Brandon describes it like this, is underneath the cool of the trees, like in the comfort of your homes, in the comfort of the word, those locusts will start eating away at each little leaf, taking away all that. And then it makes a way for the canker worm. Now what does the canker worm do? 
the cankerworm now goes into the bark, makes his way into the bark, and starts to destroy the covering off the tree, the protection that is around it. Now, last year, I, I cut down a, a lot of trees the year before last, and, and so I piled up a lot of, lot of wood for firewood, and, and the other day I began to split some wood. And you know, on the outside of a lot of those logs, they look perfect, ready to be split. And so I'd take that splitter and I'd run them down through there and they'd start to split open. Well, that bark would start to peel away. But on the inside of that bark, there was this huge black beetle. And I thought, well, how in the world did he get there? Because that bark looked just fine right out here. But what happened was when that tree was vibrant, full of life, there was a little bug, a canker worm, that had made its way inside of there. And so what it's done then, it's allowed all those other bugs to eat around it too. And so when you start to peel away all that bark, you pretty much got a little log that's about like this. And you did all that work to get it to this point. And so that canker worm will eat away at that protection of it. It's tried eating away at the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The blood as the covering. That's what the devil will do. He'll send out these insects to eat away at you little by little. And what's the next stage is a caterpillar. Brother Brandon describes the caterpillar as a sucker. It will suck the life out of the tree. It'll start to denominate what was undenominated. It'll start to say, this is the way we're going to do this. This is how you're going to do this. And this is the way you need to do run your churches. This is the way you need to run your service. Now, you can't preach this, but we're going to allow you to preach this over here. Because this over here kind of hurts, stings a little bit. You know? It, but that's the way the caterpillar will do to take out that life you can see that we've had life in this church. Over the past year, you can see that Holy Ghost fire that's been filling our young people. Amen. That life has not been taken out of this. Amen. But each insect has made a way for each other. Amen. Brother Branham says it like this in the Ephesians church age says, when the sun, the S-U-N, begins to shine down through the fog and the midst of the night, no matter where that seed is, it'll live. Amen. 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 So in the forest of the trees, in the springtime, you'll see all these, these little saplings that's raising up. And you, and you come and you look at them all and they're all vibrant. and Then comes fall and... And all the leaves has gone off of it, and you can't pick out which one's going to make it through and which one's not. And it's like I was saying about that, that Widowmaker. It's taken away the sunlight from a lot of these little saplings down here that are going to grow up. And the sun's not able to shine down on those, those seeds that are down inside of there that is producing life. And so what happens when you don't have sun S-U-N, 
things will dwarf. Things will become not as vibrant in life. And so what happens is, is that that sun that's supposed to shine down on there and that, and that little widowmaker that's there, it's just taking up space in the trees. There's nothing good about a widowmaker. Nothing. You, you, I hope you're not a widowmaker here tonight, taking away time and space away from little ones or people that's getting the Holy Ghost and, and saying, now this, that, that was in the days of past, that's not now. Don't be a widowmaker of today. Amen. Don't take away the sun from someone that's trying to grow in the goodness of life. Amen. And so what happens is that sun, it's starting to bring forth those seeds. And so this time of year, those leaves are falling off and, and those acorns underneath there are, are starting to be covered up by leaves that are falling off. And you wonder, well, I wonder which one is going to receive life here. I wonder which sapling is going to make it up through. Well, Brother Branham describes it as this. And says, it's because all botany life lives by the sun. And we know that. And you could pour concrete right across a piece of grass. The next spring, where's the thickest grass? right out at the end of that concrete. Why? That's life beneath there. That seed is underneath there. But you can't hide real life. That little life, as soon as it knows that the sun's bathing through there, it's warming up inside of there, and it'll worm its way out a half a city block almost, getting around underneath that concrete, Till it sticks its little head up right up there in the air and starts to begin to praise God. You can't hide life. That's right, life. When you're born again, you can't hide it. Something's got to cry out. Amen. When that sun's beginning to pour down on those leaves and those little acorns underneath there, they're starting to feel the vibrantness of that sun and it's starting to draw forth and something's pulling it up and it's beginning to live. Zechariah says it in 14 and 16, says, It shall come to pass in that day that the light shall not be clear nor dark. It's kind of foggy. Can't really see that great. But it shall be one day which shall be known to the Lord. Not day nor night. It shall come to pass that in the evening light in the evening time, it shall be light. That's what I like. In the evening time, it shall be light. Now the same sun, Brother Branham describes it like this, the same sun that comes across from the west coast, that's shining towards the east coast, is the same sun there as it is here. The same sun that it was in the other church ages is the same sun coming forth in the Laodicean age. And it's receiving its light. And we're starting to grow from that light. A light drawing to a light. And God sees that light laying down on the inside of you. That little life and says, you're going to make it. As the evening time's coming forth, that light's shining forth and says, you're going to make it. Starts to begin to pull and says, you're predestinated seed. There's a seed that was down on the inside of you that when that sum overshadowed, 
it started to bring forth life. Now that same sapling that's in the woods next year, and you see that one that it's growing up taller than all the other ones, what's inside of that one? Same sun, same plant, but there was predestinated life inside of that sapling that says, you're going to make it. And how does nature say, don't eat upon this tree. The deers will pass it and won't eat upon that one. But this one begins to grow. How did you get here? How? You know, I, I just think, how did we all get here? You know, you can link people back to maybe there was a grandmother that got baptized underneath Homer, granddaddy Homer, or brother Homer, I should say. And that grandma, she was a light to that, that home. When maybe there was people inside of that home that maybe thought, I'll never be a Christian like that. I'll never do something like that. I think of Brother Wayne. Brother Wayne on his 80th birthday here. How that he would send his ties through his mama. And finally, Brother, Brother Grant Homer said, no. You bring your ties yourself. Oh, yeah. You come on here. What happened? Granddaddy see that there was a seed on the inside of there. Oh, yeah. And God said, I'm going to shine my light over here on him. That seed's got to come forth. And what's happened from that? More light has lifted into this family. Has raised up more lights. You will be light to people that I will never be light to. In this dark age, there will be people that will see you and see that light that you're shining out of you and they'll go, what's, what's different about this person? What's different about them? It's like Brother Andrew and Dad and them when they took their trip down to Louisiana at the camp meetings down there. They was driving back and, and they'd stopped at a gas station and there was a, a black man and woman that, pulled there and started talking to him. I said, where, where are y'all heading? I said, where, well, we've just come from a camp meeting here in Louisiana. We, we spoke that and now we're heading back home with our families and, and some of you was even there. And they began to talk to him and, and the, the man was a, a prison minister. Is that correct? He was a prison minister. And his wife and they did mission work between the prisons and, and, and dad asked, I said, well, by the way, How'd you know? He said, the light, man. The light. See, you're shining a light. And people seeing that light. And they don't know what's different, but they know there's something different. Amen? We're representing Christ. That's God's life living in us. A light. Light shining forth in this world. Amen. You know, I just think it's amazing how I was saying about how that some of us have made it here to the spots that we are now. And, but God knew us before the foundation of the world. When he was saying, let there be light, he was speaking of me. Was he speaking of you? When he said, let there be light, 
Let me separate that darkness from the light. And we draw, draw nourishment from that light, don't we? We'll gather here Saturdays and Sundays and some of our young people will, will have choir meetings and they'll start to draw light from each other. Amen? We draw light and we grow from that light. That seed that's down on the inside of us. David said it like this in Psalms 1 and 3. says, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water and bringing forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Brother Branham says it like this in Restoration of the Bride Tree. said, David saw it and he spoke it. Blessed is that man. Notice, he couldn't, he could not die. His leaves would not wither. No matter what they do, they'll never kill that tree. That tree that's planted. Where's its planet? It's planted by the rivers of water. Now notice, David said his roots will not die. Brother Branham says it like this and says, you know, you take a tree, a big old tree, says, when I was a boy, I used to go out and we'd use, us boys, we'd go out and there was a big old tree that we used to sit under, a big old beech tree. And the winds would blow. And I wondered and I'd look at that thing and over and over again and that, that wind time after time would blow the tree and it would rock that tree. But what's it doing? It's loosening up the roots so that they can just dig a little deeper and get a better hold. He says it like this and says, that's the way mockery, laughing, making fun of a Christian, what it does, the persecution shakes the Christian. Make him want to pray more. Dig down a little deeper. Get a better hold so he can stand that storm. Hallelujah. So when the storms of life, it's going to take a stronger wind than this to keep me from my promises. That stronger wind that takes and blows and you just say, not now, Satan, I'm digging down deeper. Oh, give me a little more of that Acts 2.38. That'll whoop the devil. It continues to just dig into what it's, gets a better hold. That beetle can't destroy it. That beetle that I was talking about, it will never destroy that tree that has true life. It says in 1 John 1 and 8, and if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. So what happens when you have that little, that little bug and you, you say, listen, I'm ready. I, I just want to surrender to him. I'm, I'm done. I want to give it all to him. God sends that Holy Ghost, that fire down on the inside of you, cleanses you, that pesticide that'll get rid of you, rid, not get rid of you, get rid of that insect that's on the inside of you. It'll get rid of that old nature. 
And it says, and we have the need of forgiveness of our sins. The blood of Christ is the divine provision for both. We see in John 1, 2 and 1, it says, My little children, these things I write unto you, that if ye sin, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteousness. And he, he is the propitiation for our sins. And not only for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. The whole world. He has taken it all upon himself. He has shined that light in this dark age. You know what will get rid of a beetle and a bug? You see these trees on the side of these mountains that over in West Virginia, there's a spot across 64 that where that there's been beetles has eat up the whole forest on the side of this mountain. And you can see it for miles. There's no life. No life in those trees. What will cure that? I'll tell you what will cure that. That's a fire. A fire, a fire will take care of all those beetles. It will wipe away all all those sins of beetles. It'll kill it all. And what happens? New growth begins to come after a fire. Amen. What happens? Out of the ashes comes beauty. Oh, how that, that beautiful little pond lily was down on the inside of that pond and that, si that sun shined down through there and it began to bud forth and that beauty just come forth. What happens when that fire goes across those woods and it'll burn it all off? It creates new life. That life that'll shine. That life that shines in darkness. Aren't you glad of that tonight? Amen. Aren't you glad God knows where you are in every situation? I'm glad of that. In John 1 and 43, it says... The day of following Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and said unto him, Follow me. Now Philip was of Bethesda, the city Andrew of Andrew and Peter. And Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him. Now Philip is talking to Nathanael whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write about, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good come of, out of Nazareth? And Philip saith unto him, Well, come and see. And Jesus saw Nathanael coming up to him, and he saith unto him, Behold an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. And Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast underneath the fig tree, I saw you. And Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God. Thou art the King of Israel. And Jesus answered and said unto him, because I said unto thee that I saw you under the fig tree, believest thou? Thou shalt have greater things 
than these. And said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see the heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. What was it? Jesus saw Nathanael and saw what was laying on the inside of him. There was a light drawing forth. Light drawing to that light. As I was describing a while ago, as we come and we draw and we put our little licks of fire together and we're burning in this dark age, there was a light coming forth out of Nathanael. See, Jesus knew where Nathanael was. Jesus could see Nathanael was underneath that fig tree. And he said, there's no guile in thee. Now, guile don't mean sinless. It's guileless. Amen? As I was telling Dad and Andrew the other day, two people we know that don't have feminists in the Bible, Adam and Nathaniel. There's no guile in thee, Nathaniel. Amen. Amen. Some of you get it today. Some of you get it tomorrow. Some of you never get it. says, Blessed is the man whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and whose spirit there is no guile. Yes, Jesus seen Nathaniel, seen him in his situation, seen him in his spirit, and said, there's something on the inside of him that's representing me. I like that. There's a drawing. Christ knows where you're at. He knew where he was. He's seen him. He's seen him down there. Christ knows where you are. Christ knew that you would draw closer to him. He knew that he could shine that light and you would start growing to that light. Aren't you glad for how Christ knows where you was but where you will be? Amen. Brother Branham tells a story about how that it says a while ago there was such a terrible emergency it says we haven't been taking calls during these meetings it said but there was a little lady who called who was in a desperate condition and my wife come into the room and said honey I hate to call you from your study but just an awful emergency it said this woman's fixing to commit suicide so I got on the phone, and, and while I was standing at the phone, the Holy Spirit told her just who she was, what she was doing, how she was dressed, what was the matter with her, and what caused it. And he healed her right there while standing on the phone. says oh I tell you I heard crying her mother screaming holding on to her and everything and just praising the Lord God knew where she was God knew where she was standing and God could see her another little story I'd like to tell you many of you have heard the story about the, the infidel man how that Brother Branham and Brother Banks Woods would, would go hunting. Brother Branham liked to hunt. He was a hunter. 
And he loved to squirrel hunt. And so Brother Branham, Brother, Brother Woods, he, he told Brother Branham, said, there's, there's a place that has some deep hollows over here. He said, and I'd like to take you. I said, but there, the man, he's an infidel. He hates preachers. Amen. <laughs> he was over in there in Kentucky. And so, so Brother Branham said, well, that's, that's fine. He, you know, we'll, we'll go. It's, we're just going to go squirrel hunting. So they go get in the truck and they go up and down over the hills in the valleys and, and there they come upon two, two men sitting underneath an apple tree. And so Brother Woods, Banks Woods, he got out and he began to talk to the man and said, uh, said sir, I'd, I'd like to ask you for hunting permission. I'd like to do some squirrel hunting. said, said I'm, I'm Bank Woods. I'm Jim Woods' son. And he said, Jim Woods said, yeah, I, I know Jim Woods. said, he's an honest, honest man. said, yeah, hunt, hunt wherever you'd like to here. said, go ahead. And he said, well, well, you see, I, I also have my pastor with me. Yeah. And the infidel said, don't tell me you've gotten so low that you have to carry a pastor around with you. Amen. He said, well, Brother Branham says, you know, that was about the time that I figured I better get out the truck. So he walks over, Brother Branham walks over, and, and they've been hunting for about two weeks now. He says he's, he's not had a bath in two weeks, and he's got his whiskers out and blood on his clothes and all dirty. And said the man, the infidel, looks him up and down and probably was thinking, some preacher. Brother Branham says, he's probably thinking, some preacher, some preacher. And they're sitting there, and, and he says, how you do? He said, how you do? He says, well, I, the reason why I have such an issue with you preachers is you're barking up the wrong tree. That is a lion dog. So what a lion dog is, it'll run over here to tree a squirrel, and a squirrel's supposed to be up there, but there's nothing there. And it continues to bark and bark and bark and bark and bark at this tree, but there's no squirrel up there. That is a lying dog. And he says, you know, there... There ain't no God up there. He said, I've looked all around. He said, well, that's, that's your own opinion. He says, I'm, a, I'm, an, I'm an infidel. He said, well, I ain't much to be proud of, I don't think. He said, well, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. So he got to talking there and, and seen that, that apple tree there. And he said, nice apple tree. He said, and something happened. He said, mind if I have an apple? So he picks up this nice apple looks at it and begins to, to eat it there a little bit. And, and so he says that Brother Banks wanted to, to tell, tell this man, said who he was as his pastor. Brother Brown said, no, 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 no don't, don't do that. Don't, don't tell him who I am. And so he, this man says, you know what? Said, there is one man that I'd like to talk to, one preacher. Said, said there was this lady up here, up in, in the woods here, said, said, me and my wife would go up there, take care of her. See, she had cancer of the stomach all up in her intestine. She'd been down to Louisville, and, and he said that they had cut her open and not, wasn't nothing they could do for her, had all this cancer on the inside of her. And he said they just sewed her up, sent her back home. He said, so me and my wife, we'd been taking care of this woman there for a while. He said, we'd, be, we'd go up there, we'd change her, her draw sheet, we'd clean up everything for her, just take care of her, and... And just knew any day now that, that she was going to pass away. 
He said, but you know, said, said there was this man that had come down to the campground and, and, and he, was, he was at this Methodist campground and, and brother, brother Banks Woods wanted to, to say, well, that was, Brother Branch, mm-hmm, don't, don't, don't tell him who I am. Just let, let's see what it'll go to. So he begins to tell, this man was down there, and, and, and you see this man, he, he can tell who you are and, and, and where you're from, and, and said, this woman's sister that had lived over down in the creek, the creek here, said, said she'd said, well, I'm going to go up to that, that meeting. Said, but she got in there late, so she didn't get one of them prayer cards. And so anyway, said that that, that woman was sitting there in the back, and that man that man seen her back there and, and says, well, you're so-and-so. And your sister is so-and-so. And she has cancer of the stomach. Says, and before you left your house, you put a little handkerchief down inside your pocketbook and it has a little blue figure on it. Said, you take that little handkerchief home and you lay it on her and thus saith the Lord, she's healed. He said, he said, you know, that, that night she took it up there, laid it on her, and said, we heard the awfulest screaming there was, he says. said, we thought it was the Salvation Army up there. said, but we figured, well, the next morning, you know, hey, she's, she's done, passed on. We'll go up there, give comfort to the next of kin. And he said, you know, we went up there, and what happened was is when we walked in, she was sitting at the table drinking a pot of coffee and eating fried Half apple pies. She was completely healed. Brother Branham started just looking at the apple. He said, Now you don't believe that, do you? He said, Yo, you go on up there. <laughs> you talk about a man, and Brother Branham describes it like this and says, Give a cow enough rope, he'll hang himself. He said, he said, No, you don't believe so. He said, Go on up there. Said, I'll tell you where she's at. Sure enough, says she does her work and the neighbor's work too now. She's healed. He said, ah, oh, you're telling me that she went down to Louisville. They cut her open. She had intestinal cancer, gave her just a few weeks to live. And you're telling me some man told her to lay a handkerchief on her and thus saith the Lord she's healed? That's right. He said, hmm. Doing a little preaching. Yeah, preaching back to him there. Good apple. Keep eating that apple. He said, He said, You know that apple tree right here? I said, How old is that tree? He said, Well, I'm I'm right about 76, 78 years old. Said, and, and I planted that about 40 some years ago. He said, hmm. Bring forth fruit every year? He said, Absolutely. Best fruit? He said, It's a good apple. Good fruit here. He said, Well, well, it's it's almost August now, and the leaves are starting to fall down. I says, so what's making them leaves fall off? And this man is starting to describe it to Brother Branham. He says, well, well there's a germ seed life on the inside of that that says that sap better get down into them roots because if it don't get down to them roots, the winter's going to kill it. He said, you don't say. Now what makes it do that? Well, it just, it's supposed to. You know, it's just, well, that's, what, that's what it's supposed to. It's nature. It's what it's supposed to. He said, nature. Hmm. He said, well, I wonder, what if I take a bucket of water and set it over here on the fence post, and this winter, 
Nature takes it, runs it down there, down that post. Is it supposed to run it back up there again? He said, well, well, that's what it's supposed to. It's supposed to come back up. You know, he's thinking now, well, you kind of got me here. Brother Branham's talking to him there, and he's describing how that that life is going in and out of that tree and what's causing that tree to have life every year and what's bringing forth that fruit and that life every spring comes around. And he looks at the man, he says, I tell you what. He said, we're going to go hunting. And while we're hunting, you think about what intelligence tells that life to run that sap down into them roots and then that intelligence tells that same sap to run back up it and said, when I get back and you could tell me that, I'll tell you what intelligence told me that thus saith the Lord, lay that handkerchief on her and she'd be healed. He said, I now see what you're saying. Said he took, stood up, grabbed him by the hands and said right there, he led that man to Christ. See, there was a life. There was a life. There was a light that needed to bring forth. And what drawed them there? There had been hunting over here, but there had to be a drought over here for these Brother Banks Wood and Brother Brandon to come over here to this man to be able to speak to this man on this day at this time of year because there was life. Brother Brandon describes it like this. It's God's provided way. God's provided way. And he says that it was thus saith the Lord that woman would get healed. It was a drawing. All those things working together. Bringing forth. God knows where you're at. God knew that this, this light needed to come forth. See, what happened is, is shortly after that, Brother Branham goes back and that man had passed away. Walks up to the woman that was sitting underneath the apple tree and asked for permission again. She said, no, no, we don't offer no permission. Says, says my hu husband's dead. He said, I know. He said, said, I thought I had permission. Said, said he gave her permission. He said, she said, well, I said, who are, you, who are you? He said, well, you know, last year underneath this apple tree, she said, Brother Branham. Said he died in the victory of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That light that came forth. God knows where you're at. God knows how to draw you, how to pull you out. Amen. Brother Branham, there's another story I'd also like to tell you about Dawson Riley. Dawson Riley was a, was a mountain lion hunter that Brother Branham liked to hunt it with. And he would take him hunting a lot of times up there in the, up in the country, up in the British Columbia area, up in Canada, and they'd hunt mountain lions. Excuse me. And Dawson, Dawson got low in his life one time. And thought, this is it. I'm, I'm done. I'm going to go up in the mountains. I'm going to hunt for, for a little bit. I'm going to take my life. Said that. I'm done. Said, I'll live in these cabins. I won't tell nobody where I am, so nobody has to worry. So nobody knew where he was. So he was up in them cabins, and, and one day he, he got a phone call. 
guy down in the, the lodge there come up and told him, said, hey, you got a phone call down here. He said, phone call? I said, ain't nobody knows where I am. Ain't nobody. I didn't tell nobody where I was going. I'm up here in the middle of nowhere, up in these cabins. So he come down there and picked up the phone. His brother Branham. He said, Dawson, I see you up there in that cabin. Don't take your life, Dawson. God knew where Dawson was at. Amen. Is this, I hope this ain't boring you because this is, this is life right here. Because when God found me, I was in a lot of these situations here. I needed to have sun drawing me out. Brother Branham is in a meeting in Dawson Creek. And he's in a prayer line and, and he says, what's the matter, soldier boy? said, you're not going to commit suicide. The devil's lying to you, boy. said, you got a phobia. He's lying to you. He will drive you insane if you believe him. Deny him. Renounce the devil. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to renounce the devil and accept Jesus Christ as your healer. That soldier boy... The story is told by Brother Biscoe that shortly after that meeting in Dawson Creek, they, Brother Branham, Brother Biscoe, and them had planned a hunt up in the Northern Territory. So after the meeting, they, they drove for hundreds of miles up in this Northern Territory getting ready to go hunting. And they drove for these hundreds of miles. And, and to be able to find... Someone in this time, you know, it's not like it is today. Cell phones everywhere can track and can text and say, where are you at? I'm coming to you. Nobody could pinpoint where you was. Brother Biscoe says that they're at this little, little, kind of like a house little sec- section. And, and they go to eat at this little diner that there's there, there in this area. And they're eating. And here comes a man in and this soldier boy. And this soldier boy comes up and, and starts talking to Brother Branham there. And Brother Branham just keeps eating his soup, Brother Biscoe says, and, and describes his situation, what happened, and, and what he's going through. And, and Brother Biscoe thought, well, surely he'll, you know, we'll pray for him right here. We'll, you know, just Brother Branham said, oh, okay. Just kept eating. And so a little later, and they said just to be able to find us was a miracle. God allowed them to be at this place. And said they walk out and Brother Biscoe was standing there talking with the other man that's with this soldier boy. And, and Brother Branham, he takes and he takes the soldier boy by the shoulder. He begins to walk him down the street. And he's walking down the street and Brother Biscoe says that he's reading this man's life story. What he's went through, what spirit that's laying upon him, he says, you got, a, you got a wife and a son. Go home to him. And he said, you're free. And that soldier boy, Brother Briscoe says, that soldier boy turns around and starts hollering, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. And he runs down through there. Now there's a, there's a picture of, of Brother Branham. Maybe some of you have seen that. 
he's standing in a, almost a jean shirt and blue jeans and got a cowboy hat on, turned a little sideways. And, and he's got a beard and a little bit of a beard, whiskers there. But you know, had it not been for that happening, they say that there never would have been that picture. God knows where you're at. God knows there's a light on the inside of you. Dad was up in Alaska preaching. I'll tell you this here. Dad was in Alaska preaching and and he was preaching and as he was preaching, he was preaching, God knows where you're all, where you at. Where you're at. And as he's preaching, they have a bullhorn on the outside of this little church. And it's almost like an Eskimo village area there that he, that he was preaching in. And as he's preaching, God knows where you're at. He's describing, he says, you might be AWOL from the army. And you're up here running. He said, but God knows where you're at. The man sitting down the road that was AWOL from the army, sitting in his truck, said, well, I might as well go up there because he's talking about me. That man was from Covington, Virginia. AWOL from the army, hiding in Alaska. And God knew where he was at that moment, at that time, and knew how to draw him out and call him forth. That man came in, and to as far as we know, he's still in the message today. Aren't you glad of that, that God knows where you're at? I'll tell you a little personal testimony of my own. So I'd had a motorcycle, and I would ride up and down the 33 up in the, the mountains there on the 33 West going over to West Virginia there. And me and my buddies, we'd go up and down this mountain riding on their motorcycles and and so one day, I, I was kind of the leader on, the, on that day, and I went up through there, and I hit a, a marker in the road and kind of got some, some gravels underneath my back tire, and my back tire slid out from underneath of me, and I probably wasn't going as fast as I should have been, you know. And so my back tire slid up underneath, out from underneath of me, and, and I started to roll. My motorcycle hits the rock wall, bounces into the other lane, and I'm laying there in the ditch. I'm just thinking, I'm alive. Thank the Lord I'm alive. And so one of my buddies come over, grabs me by my jacket and shakes me. He said, Spencer, you did? You did? <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm not. Just let me lay here for a minute. So after we got up and got the bike out the road and I told, told my buddy, I said, hey, you call this man... See, he's my buddy, John Hinton. I said, he'll come pick me up. I said, and he won't tell nobody. I know he won't. <laughs> and uh, so I knew them guys wouldn't tell nobody. So I called Cassie. I said, hey, meet me at the Honda dealership. She said, okay, what's going on? I said, ah, just meet me over there. She said, well, I knew something was going on. So she met me over there, picked me up. And by then, now she knows that, hey, I've done wrecked and and I said, don't you dare tell nobody because if mama finds out that I wrecked on my motorcycle, she'll kill me. 
she hated that thing anyhow. So, of course, you know, nobody's telling nobody. Dad's in Canada preaching for Harold Hildebrand, I believe. And he calls me the next morning. And he says, uh, how you doing? I'm sitting in my truck, sitting in his driveway. He says, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Everything's good. Get me to go up here to this auction here. They got some guns. He said, okay. He said, he said uh, glad to see you made it through. Yeah. Yeah, me too. What you got? What, what do you mean, Dad? He said, well, I seen you wreck. I seen the wheels spinning on your motorcycle and you laying over in that ditch. And he said, I'm just glad the Lord was with you and made, you, made it through. I knew nobody else knew. Amen. Period. At that moment, at that time, I knew that God knew where I was in my condition of life. And those little things, those little things in life to draw you out, that light that says, there's a little more for you. Come on up out of there. Let's stand. Did I preach that long? Gracious. You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle or put it underneath a bushel or on a candlestick and give it life and shine light to the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works, which glorify the Father which is in heaven. Shine your light. Shine your light. In this dark age, shine it. Be a light to others. The power of light destroys all darkness. And dark can't get through that light. I want to read one more. Revelations in 22 and 1. This is the last chapter in Revelations. As John is in the Isle of Patmos seeing this. And, he's, and he says... And he showed me a pure river of water, life, clear as crystals, proceeding out of the throne of God and out of Lamb. And in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, there was a tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations." And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God. And the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. This is what's beautiful right here. This is what I love. And there shall be no night there. No need. They need no candle neither light of the sun, for God giveth them light. 
Hallelujah. God giveth them light. That's where I'm heading. That's where I belong. Amen. Healing is here. Let's sing it. Healing is here. Oh, healing is here. And I receive. stretching their hands forth it didn't look like some of you were going to ever come up but you're here 
Sister Sue, you prayed and you prayed and you prayed, but there's an arm that's lifted up because there was a seed there that had to come to the light. We can reach our hands. I heard the prophet saying today that the, about those ducks and different things and accepting God's provided way, he said those ducks have those antennas that'll tell them where to go. We lift our spiritual antennas and say, oh God, if it had not been for your hand of mercy that come and lifted me up, I would not be standing here. We're thankful for the life. We're thankful for the truth. We're thankful that he's here. And let's sing that song, Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Oh, Jesus is here. Do you believe that with all your heart? That'll scare every devil in hell tonight. That Jesus not isn't just here in this building, but Jesus is here. Oh, Jesus is here. Oh, and I receive him. Oh, Jesus is here. Let's praise his name. Oh, Jesus is here. Oh, Jesus is here. Oh, and I believe it. Let's reach our hands to the sun. I reach my hands oh, to the heavens. I lift my eyes oh, where my help comes from. I look to Sickness can't stay any longer. Your perfect love is casting out fear. Oh, you are the God of all power. And it is your will that my life is healed. Say like this, Satan can't stay here no longer. Oh, Satan can't stay any longer. Your perfect love is casting out fear. For you are the God of all power. And it is your will that my life is healed. I reach my hands up to the heavens. I lift my eyes where my hell comes from. I look to you, my rock, my healer. I trust in before we dismiss this evening, let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Father, we so love you tonight. 
We're thankful to know that the Lamb is the light of that city. Lord, to know that there is no darkness to the place in which we truly belong, a place that you have been preparing for us. Lord, you are so amazing to us to shine your light upon us in this hour, to think where we would be in this day if it would not have been for your light shining upon our lives that began to draw us closer to you. Father, we're so thankful for the life. We're so thankful for the truth. We're so thankful for the way. Lord, we know, God, that it's been your mercy all the way, and it'll be your mercy that takes us the rest of the way through. Father, we pray, Lord, as we would dismiss from this service, may we never dismiss from your presence. I pray, Father, that you would follow your children home tonight. Minister to them. Bless them, Father. Anoint them, Father, for the upcoming week. Lord, as we would come back into your house, Lord, next weekend, Lord, we pray that you would hallow the ground. Lord, you know the things that will transpire in our life this coming week. And we pray, Father, that you would be in every moment. We pray that the, this S-O-N would shine upon our lives, that we may be a beacon of light in the darkness of day. Lord, I pray that you would come. Minister to those that are less fortunate than we are. Minister to those that are sick and needy. Minister to us as we travel home. Give us traveling mercies as we go in the name of the Lord. Amen. We pray these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord. Go in the fear of God. Amen. Oh, Jesus is here.